Turn to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. I've been reading some different books this week and meditating and some wonderful thoughts through reading. I exhort you to read good Christian books to stir up your pure minds and way of remembrance. This morning we're going to speak about sound doctrine, wholesome doctrine. Paul in chapter 2 says, Speak thou the things which becomes sound doctrine. That word sound is wholesome. In other words, it's, it's very edifying. It's very sound. There's no corruption in it. It's pure gospel, pure doctrine. The truth as it is in Jesus. And today in the age in which we live, we have to be very cautious. You know, Jesus said, take heed what you hear. And we need to be very cautious what we hear today and what is being taught today. Because Jesus said many false prophets have gone out into the world, deceiving and being deceived. They're deceiving many. We have a social gospel today, which is no more than just helping people with canned goods and helping them, feeding them. Nothing wrong with doing that, but that's not the calling of the church The church is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and salvation. But we as individual Christians can do that. We can help people in, uh, uh, in, who are in need. But the mission of the church is to preach the everlasting gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and to build up the saints in the faith. Also, we have what they call a prosperous gospel. They teach that you'll serve God. He'll give you a new Cadillac. Our new Lincoln, he'll give you a big bank account. All you got to do is believe. You can claim a brand new Cadillac. All you got to do is believe. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there's so much deception going on today. So much false teaching. That's why Paul says, but speak thou, Titus, Those things that are sound, wholesome, doctrine. Don't preach false doctrine. In Titus chapter 3 verses, chapter 3 verse 13 and 14 it says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. We see that in our age. Deceiving and being deceived. But he says to Titus, but continue. Thou in the things which thou hast learned. Who did he learn them from? He learned them from Paul and from the apostles. The apostles' doctrine. And as being assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. One of the importance of coming to the house of God faithfully is that you can learn the truth. Learn sound doctrine. That you can be established in the faith. The faith of the teachings of the scriptures, Brother Roger. Being sound in the gospel. But continue. We're to continue in these things. And you pray when you come to the house of God that the Holy Spirit will take the scriptures and open them up to your heart. I can preach the truth, but only the Holy Spirit can make it real to you. And that's why it's important that we grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby that you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Also, Paul, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 says, And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Oh, how many today have turned away from the truth? They hear Satan. They're listening to the false preachers, false teachers, teaching a lie, teaching another gospel, which is not another Paul says, and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Here he's talking about Timothy, what he needs to do. He needs to be faithful. He needs to be watching. Remember, as I said earlier, Christ said, watch, be watchful. 
make foolproof of thy ministry by diligent study of the scriptures, by much prayer, by fellowship with the saints. This is what we all have to do who are called to speak and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Make full proof of your ministry. It takes diligence. Paul says, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly dividing the word of truth, that the man of God may be perfect or mature, may be mature, instructed in the ways of righteousness. And as I said before, when we preach, what are we to preach as ministers? Paul gave us the answer in 2 Timothy 4.2. He says, preach the word. What am I to preach this morning? What is Roger to preach? What is Dave to preach? Brother Zach, Brother Jimmy, Brother Ray Hogan, Brother Herb Hatfield. We're to preach the word. The word of God. Not the words of man, but the word of God. This is the word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And God's spoken to us by divine inspiration. The scriptures are divinely inspired. They're God-breathed. He breathes them out. We're to live upon God's word spiritually. I've been speaking about our conflict with Satan and the devil. Next sermon, I'll get back on that one. But this morning, I want to show the importance of the truth. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Are you looking for the truth? Pilate says, what is truth? I can tell you the answer that Jesus is truth. He's the, the truth, the way, the only way to glory. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove. Sometimes we have to reprove in our preaching. Rebuke. Sometimes we have to rebuke in our preaching. Exhort. Sometimes we have to exhort the saints to steadfast in the faith, to fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life, stand fast in the Lord. We have to preach, exhort, with all long-suffering and doctrine. The man of God's got to be long-suffering with God's people. Remember that some are lambs, some are sheep, some are mothers, some are fathers, some are sons, some are daughters. We have to be very gentle with the chief of God, with God's people. But they need sometimes to be rebuked. Sometimes they need to be reproved. Sometimes we need to exhort them. But we need, we're to do it with long suffering and in love and with doctrine. These are the things that we're to do as ministers. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost. In Galatians 6, 6, he says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. We, you're to receive the word, and then we that which have been taught in the word, we're here to learn the Word of God this morning. We're not here to hear fairy tales. We're not here to hear stories. We're not here for a history lesson. This is not a time to be talking about the affairs of the world, what's going on in the world. This is a time we come apart to hear the Word of God and to meditate on the Word of God, having received the Word and being taught by the Word. How do I teach you? How do, how do ministers teach the people of God? By preaching the word. That's why Paul said, preach the word, Brother Roger. I can give no better advice to young ministers than to preach the word of God in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that's missing today is that power. There's much preaching going on today all over the world. But is it being blessed by the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit must bless the Word or it's not effectual. When the Holy Spirit applies it to a heart, it's effectual. As we see the country of America descending more and more into atheistic doctrine, socialism, and godliness, wickedness, worldliness, 
We see the Spirit of God being withdrawn from America. We see fewer conversions. We see fewer churches being set on fire anymore. God is sending a warning to the world. Judgment day is coming. But until that day, we're to be faithful. Come to the house of God, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the matter of some is. Much more as you see what? That day approaching. It's approaching, beloved. Watch and pray that you don't get caught unaware. Timothy is to preach the word. The word here refers to the whole body of revealed truth, as will be seen by comparing this passage with 1 Thessalonians 1 6 and Galatians 6 6, we just read. The preacher must present not book reviews, not politics, not economics, not current topics of the day, not a philosophy of life, denying the Bible based upon unproven theories of science, but the word. We're to preach the word of God. That's the power of God unto salvation. <clears throat> he has given a message to proclaim by his, by his sovereign, the sovereign God. If he will not proclaim that, let him step down from the exalted position as being a minister of God. There's many today who are not preaching the truth as it is in Jesus. Here's another exhortation to God's ministers. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I'll say, beloved, that is not always an easy task. Some things, there's a lot in the scriptures. The more I know, the more I realize how much I don't know, Brother Roger. It's so vast. The Word of God is so vast. There's so much there. It was written by God. It came from God. So when we study, we're studying the very words of God. And we have to be cautious that we rightly divide the Word of God. This is our responsibility. In the book of Jude, he gives advice to the Beloved. Jude chapter 1, verse 3. He says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, we all share a common salvation. We all share in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's common to all of God's people. We all share the new birth. We've all been born of God's Spirit. We all been, we share the gospel. We've all been begotten by the gospel and to faith in Jesus Christ. We share the love of the Father. The Father loves us all in common, His children. That's the common salvation. What a blessing that is, the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. This is the body of truth that's written in God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. We're to earnestly contend for the faith. And that's the faith and doctrine of the apostles in Jesus Christ. Christ says, teaching them to observe whatsoever I've commanded you. We are to teach the church apostolic doctrine. We're to teach the teachings of Christ and the teachings of Paul, who was the last apostle who was sent and who wrote many letters to the churches to exhort and edify the body of Christ. Paul was a faithful witness, Brother Roger, in proclaiming the Word of God. We're to earnestly. Too many today are not earnest about the things of God. And if we all can become complacent, we can come, like you say, we just take it for granted. We don't want to never take God's Word for granted. We don't want to never take each other for granted. We want to be earnest and sincere and contend for the faith that was given to the saints of God. It's a grave responsibility. And as we live in this century, 2023, what are we seeing? We're seeing the departure from the faith of Christian truth and doctrine and Christian living. 
There are some today teaching that it doesn't matter how you live or what you do. You can go to heaven whether you live holy or live ungodly. doesn't matter. That's a false doctrine. Jesus said, be you, Paul said, and Peter said, be you holy for I am holy. God said we were chosen to be holy, to be set apart for the cause of Christ. And when you're born to the Spirit of God, I believe He puts that love in your heart to love Jesus Christ. doesn't mean you're going to be sinless. It means there's a burning love in your heart to love the Lord and to obey Him. Now we do have an arch enemy. It's always around the corner seeking to devour us and to drag us down and to trip us up. That's why it's so important that we don't forsake the house of God. We need each other. We need the prayers of each other. We need the encouragement of each other. We need to be a strength to each other. We need to be here for each other. It's important. Paul says in 1 Timothy 4.1, Now the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, speaketh expressly through the Scriptures <coughs> that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Now, this is a fact, and this is history. Why are people preaching false doctrine? The Spirit told us there's a time coming when some will depart from the faith, from the faith of the apostles, from the teachings of Christ, from the truth. They'll be teaching a false doctrine, a false gospel. A gospel that has no holiness in it. Live any way you want and go to heaven. There's a lot of deceived people in the world. Oh, I made a decision for Christ 20 years ago. But they're living like hell today. They're living ungodly lives, living in sin, living in wickedness. Jesus will say one day to those type of people, depart from me, you cursed. I never knew you. You that work iniquity. If you're working iniquity, you have no assurance that you're a child of God. While you're living in sin, there is no assurance that you're one of His. you got to be walking with the Lord to have assurance. That's a warning to all of us. Be watchful. Be careful. Remember, the Lord said that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels and those that follow Satan in his wickedness, like Cain. God's Word says Cain was of that wicked one. What wicked one? The devil. And every other individual in this world that follows Satan will be cast into the lake of fire. How do we distinguish them? Because they practice sin and live in sin and wickedness like their father the devil. So beloved, if a person is living in wickedness and sin and ungodliness and has no fear of God before their eyes, it's a very bad sign that they're not born of the Spirit of God. If you're born of God, you will not live in wickedness without God chastising you. Now you can fall into sin. You can sin, yes. But God would deal with you and I as sons and daughters. But don't be deceived. Many are deceived in the world. Now the Spirit speaketh expression that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. Beloved, there are spirits in this world working through preachers seducing God's people to false and teaching doctrines of devils. What are some of the doctrines of devils? I can live the life by myself. I don't need God. Self-sufficiency. Remember what God Satan. I will ascend above the Most High God. And we have a lot of Christians living in that same spirit. Pride. Lifted up with pride. Like the Pharisee. Oh, thank you, God. I'm not like this Pharisee. I do this and I do that and I do this. That's doctrines of devils. If you've been taught of the Lord, you'll feel like that publican who said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's how you feel. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Not everything that says in the name of the Lord is of the Lord, beloved. Test the spirits and see if they be of God, says the Word of God. Try the spirits. 
You're to test everything that I say and Roger says and Dave says by God's word, the standard which we all must go by. 2 Timothy 4.3 says, For this time, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. This is Paul writing what's coming. He said there's a time coming when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, teaching them, oh, you can live any way you want. It has nothing to do with your salvation. That's being taught today in Baptist churches. Doesn't matter how you live, it has nothing to do with heaven. Doesn't matter whether you believe or don't believe. All has been settled. It's all by grace, nothing by you. That's true. But that same grace that gives you life gives you a holiness also. That same life that gives you the spirit to cry out of a father gives you that desire to walk in the spirit and in truth, to worship God in spirit and truth. One Sunday we'll bring a message on hearing the gospel, the importance of the word of God. Some people belittle the gospel today as if it's not important. They will not endure sound doctrine. They don't want to hear it. People, by nature, hate the doctrines of grace. I don't want to hear the doctrines of grace. I want to hear free will. I want to hear I can do what I want to do when I want to do it. If I want to repent, I'll repent. If I want to believe, I'll repent. Until then, I'm in charge. That's the main, that's the teaching of some today. Beloved, you can't repent, you can't believe, you can't do anything apart from the grace of God. God has all this in His control. They will not endure sound doctrine. Oh, I pray that here at our congregation, Mount Zion, that we will endure sound doctrine. And that we will not endure false doctrine. People are teaching that the second coming of Christ is already past. He's not coming again. It's already past. It happened in 70 AD. There is no second coming of Christ. That's a false doctrine. I will not endure that. I will not accept that. I call that heretical teaching. Others teach that Jesus Christ was just a good man. He was a good prophet, a good teacher. But they deny He was God manifested in the flesh. They will not believe that He is the God manifested in flesh. Those people are of the devil that teach contrary to who Jesus was. That's why John was dealing with in 1 John. Genosticism. They were denying Christ being anything but a, but a spirit. He wasn't, didn't really even have a body. Oh, there's so many false teachers in the world, beloved. We need to be on our guard. Stay in the Word. Read the Word daily. Now, I know making a living and working and family life, it takes time. But take time for God's Word. How are you going to be sound in the faith and know the truth if you don't read the Word of God? Don't rely just on a message on Sunday to get you through all week. You need to spend time with God on your own. Spend time praying, asking the Lord, Lord, what would thou have me to do? Like Paul asked the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. If you're born again of the Spirit of God, they will not endure sound doctrine, but after that their own lust... It's the lust of their hearts. They want to hear things that's pleasing to the flesh. They don't want to hear about living a holy life. They don't want to hear about being separated from sin. They don't want to hear about living close to God, leaving the world. Don't, don't live in the world. Jesus says you're in the world, but not of the world. You can tell your Christianity is how close are you to the world? If you're getting too close to the world, take heed. Take the warning. Be cautious. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, we all have to guard and fight against it. The young and old, because you get old, doesn't deliver you from temptations and trials. Beloved, we all, from the youth to the oldest, have to fight the good fight of faith. Brother Broderick says, I don't, I don't repent. 
hourly, I repent every minute. I know what he means by that. Here's some warnings that Paul gave us. Titus chapter 1 verse 16. They profess. We have a lot of professors today. Oh, I'm a Christian. I made a decision 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Never been back in the house of God. They never read the word of God. They never pray. But they profess to be a Christian. Jesus said, let let everyone who names the name of the Lord do what? Depart from iniquity. The foundation of God standeth sure. The Lord knoweth them that are His. And let everyone who names that name depart from iniquity. If you're not departing from iniquity, it may be a sign you're not one of His. That's a warning to all of us. Grace separates from sin. Doesn't make you sinless, but it gives you a desire to fight against it. The flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are the contrary, the one to another. Yes, you're going to have a battle to your last day. You're going to have to fight the good fight of faith until Jesus comes. There's no surrender. There's no retreat. It's a battle. And that's why I've been concerned on these messages on need to give place to the devil that we'll be preaching upon. Beloved, we are in a spiritual warfare. And Satan has advantage already over you and I because we have an enemy within the fallen nature, Brother Roger. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. They profess they know God, but in works, in spiritual works, they deny Him. They're not living godly lives. Being abundable and disobedient and unto every good work a reprobate. Their lives, their whole life, the pattern of their life, the way they live is one of disobedience and rejecting the good works of God. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We're to bring forth good works, not evil. We were created in Christ Jesus, Paul said in Ephesians 2, unto what? Good works. So if we're not living in good works, if we say we've been created anew in Christ and yet we're living in disobedience, something's wrong with that picture, beloved. Examine yourselves. Paul says, see if you be in the faith, whether you be a reprobate, be rejected. Jesus is Lord, Master. And we are to yield ourselves to Him as the Lord and Master of our life. Yeah, there's going to come a lot of days you're going to have to deny yourself. You're going to have to deny your desires that are ungodly and and worldly. You're going to have to pray, Lord, I'm so weak in this area, help me. God said, I'll never leave thee. I'll never forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. He's there to help you and I. He's our advocate with the Father. Unsound doctrine is doctrine without an inward change of heart. Some people have a head knowledge, Brother Roger. They have a head knowledge. They know a lot of things about the Bible, but it hasn't had no change upon the heart. The true grace of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ and the doctrine of God will not only come into your head, it comes down to your heart and affects the way you live. If what you know doesn't change you, you don't know the truth. Jesus said you should know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You say, am I a Christian? How are you walking today? Are you following God? Are you following the devil? If you're walking in disobedience, you're walking after the devil. If you're walking in obedience, you're walking after the Lord. And I say this over and over. Beloved, and I don't say this to rebuke any of you, but there's something that you need to think about. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ this morning, it's your responsibility to follow the Lord and obey Him as your master and be immersed in water and join the Lord's church. That's His will for your life. 
to reject that and, and never submit to the Lord's will in that is, is, is rebellion against the authority of God. I want you to realize that. All of us, anyone who hears this this morning, it's your responsibility as a believer to follow Jesus. He told the apostles, follow me. And that same call comes to you and I, follow me. And the first call He calls us is to follow Him in baptism, immersion, to be immersed in water. It's a privilege. No, you don't have to be sinless to do it. If we had to be perfect, would no one in this congregation ever be immersed? But you have to be a believer. That's the qualification. Be a believer and a follower of Jesus. And what's the first thing God commands you to do? Follow me into the watery waters and picture my death and burial and resurrection and join the congregation that I have set up for you and worship me in the congregation partaking of the Lord's Supper in remembrance of me and be faithful there in attending and grow in grace and knowledge of Christ. That's God's will for your life. Now Satan's going to say, no, 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 that's not for you. You're not ready for that. Well, if you listen to the devil, you'll never be ready. Jesus calls, we have to answer. Beloved, this is serious. And if this wasn't serious, I wouldn't be saying this. Because Satan's always going to bring up something to justify disobedience. Remember Paul said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? Beloved, we need to say that. Lord, what would thou have me to do? Paul says in Romans 6, 17, But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. He's talking to God's people in Romans. The saints of God, the beloved of the Lord. But you have obeyed from the heart. Obedience comes from the heart. Not just from the head, it comes from the heart. Because God gives you a new ground, a new heart to love Him, to obey Him. Obey from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. The truth which sets you free must come from the heart and be obeyed. When you hear the truth and reject it, then you're being disobedient. Don't be disobedient to the Lord. Pray about this. Be serious with the Lord. Time's running out, beloved. We're living in the last days. Draw nigh to God, God says, and I'll draw nigh to you. True grace does not lead to sin. Titus chapter 1 verse 9 says, Holding fast the faithful word. Oh, let us hold fast the word of God. As he hath been taught that he may be able to, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. We have many gainsayers today rejecting God's word, and we're to exhort, and we're to adore the doctrine. We're to preach the truth and pray that God will give them repentance to the truth. Chapter 2 of verse, and verse 10 of Titus says, Not prolonging, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. Beloved, to live... Godly life is to adorn the gospel. It's to praise Jesus, to lift Jesus up in esteem of others. If we profess to be a Christian and live wicked lives, we're not adorning the gospel. We're not exhorting the glory of God. Jesus said, you're either with me or against me. And we all must take that stand. We're either with Jesus or against Him. There is no straddling the fence. Verse 11, so for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us denying ungodliness and worldly lust that we should live soberly and righteously in this present world. It's important, beloved, sound doctrine. It's very important. And the message I preached it. On this text, John 14, 19. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. 
But you see me because I live, you shall live also. Is Christ living in you? Abide in me and my words will abide in you. Are you abiding in Christ? Is He abiding in you? That's the test. John says in 1 John, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not eternal life abiding in Him. Do you have the Son abiding in you? And He lives in us by faith. What should you be doing in the light of these truths? First of all, you should be praying daily. That includes preachers and all the members and visitors. We all should be praying daily. First Thessalonians 3.10, Paul says, Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect or mature that which is lacking in your faith. We all need things in our faith to be strengthened. We need to be strengthened maybe in the grace of God. Strengthened in the doctrine of election. Strengthened in the doctrine of justification. Strengthened and taught on sanctification. Taught about the second coming of the Lord. We need to be praying about these truths. Praying for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Praying daily. We sing that song, take time to pray every day. Take time to be holy. Now I'll be the first one to confess, I don't pray as often as I should. I need to take more time to get along with God. I exhort myself and I exhort you to pray more. We all get so busy in life or get complacent, we don't take time to pray. Yeah, we sit down at our dinner table and say a little prayer. So does every pagan in the world. Most of them do that. That's as far as their religion goes. But do you pray and seek the Lord in private, in fellowship? Do you confess your sins daily? Lord, forgive me. I sinned this day. Forgive me for the thoughts I had. Lord, forgive me for not being obedient this week. Forgive me for not reading the Word. Yes, we have to confess those things. John said if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And at the top of that list is preachers. We're, you're not, you think you're the ones that need, no, we need it ourselves. I'm glad that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm glad that we have a high priest in heaven that I can run to to find mercy and grace in time of need. I need it every day. Jesus taught us in Matthew 6 11, give us this day our daily bread. Daily. James says in James 4 15, for you ought to say, if the Lord's will, we shall live and do this or that. You can't even breathe the next breath if God don't give you life. We can make plans, but we have to say, if the Lord's will, we're going on vacation next week. You may not be here next week. I may not be here next week. That's why James is teaching us, always pray if it's the Lord's will, we should do this or that. And don't take each other for granted. It's easy to take mother and father for granted. It's easy to take grandparents for granted. But there's coming a day when they will be gone. They could be called away in a moment with a stroke, a heart attack, a wreck. As the old saying goes, love those who are around you now while you still have them. Because the day may come when you don't have them anymore. Then you can't say, oh, mother, I love you. Oh, dad, I love you. Oh, grandpa, I love you. Grandma, I love you. That's life. That's why the Bible says when it comes to love, oh, no man, anything. It's talking about love. Make sure you love those around you. You can't tell your parents, and parents, you can't tell your children you love them too much. We need to show them. They need to know that we care and that we love them. Another thing we need to do, we need to exhort one another daily. In Hebrews chapter 3, 13, it says, But exhort one another daily. What is called today? At least any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. What Paul is saying here, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, or whoever who wrote it, sin hardens quickly. Don't wait for 
a week or a month to talk to somebody, warn them. Do it daily. When they could do the sin, warn them. Why? Because sin hardens the heart. Exhort one another daily. If you have a loved one. Now I know sometimes our children, our friends don't like to be exhorted. But we need to exhort them when they're doing evil and doing wrong. Warn them that are doing wrong. They don't always take it kindly. But it's our responsibility. Exhort one another day while it is called today. Least any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That individual that you're not warning each day becomes harder and harder until they come to the point like the frog in the water. They get so used to it, they don't pay no attention to the heat until it kills them. Sin has that kind of effect in our lives. It hardens us. Our conscience gets weaker and weaker and weaker. Look at the world today. The world is accepting all type of wickedness now that we never would have even thought about years ago. Ungodliness is abounding everywhere, all over the world. And Christianity, to a certain extent, is just getting used to it and accepting it. Well, that's part of life. That's the way it is. God's Word has not changed, beloved. Sin is still sin. Wickedness is still wickedness. And God says, I will judge the world. And here is something that's been almost forgotten today. Take up your cross daily. Most people don't even know what that means. Take up your cross. It says in Luke 9.23, And he said to them all, this involves all of us. This isn't just for the preachers. This isn't just for the deacon. This is for the whole congregation of the Lord's people. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, now if you're going to follow me, let him deny himself. So what it comes down to, if you're going to follow the Lord, the first thing you're going to have to do is deny yourself if your feelings are contrary to God's Word. If God says this is the way to walk, walk in it, and your flesh says no, you won't, you can't do that, you deny yourself and you follow the Lord. That's the way you get to victory over the devil. You have to say no to the devil, to the flesh, and say yes to God's Word. God's Word is truth. I'm going to follow the Lord and deny myself. And take up the cross daily and follow me. To take up the cross daily and follow Christ is be willing to die for the cause of Christ. They love not their lives unto death. You're going to have to learn to love the Lord more than your own life. And I know that's difficult. We have such weak Christianity today. They know nothing of self-denial. Our children know nothing of self-denial. Our grandchildren know nothing of self-denial. They gotta have everything they see and everything they want. They gotta have it. But do we pray about it? If you buy something that's very expensive, do you get on your knees and say, Lord, should I buy this? Will you lead me and guide me in making this decision? That's the way we should do things. That's why the United States of America is in such a turmoil they're in today by printing money and giving money away. But it's all on a plan to destroy this country. We won't get into that this morning, but pray for your nation. Another thing we're to do with is search the Scriptures. Years ago when I worked, every day at lunch I'd be reading the Bible. And this one guy came by me and said, why are you reading the Bible? Why don't you leave that for the priest? I said, I have a search warrant. What do you mean? He said, what do you mean you got a search warrant? I said, with Jesus, says, search the Scriptures. Search the Scriptures. And then you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of who? Of me, Jesus. Somebody asked you why you're reading the Word of God. Say, hey, I got a search warrant from the Lord, John 5.39. That's why I search it. Also in Acts 17.11, said these were 
These were more known than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily. Whether those things were so, and they had to, all they had was the Old Testament. They searched the Old Testament daily to see what Paul then was teaching and others were teaching was true. That's what we should be doing. Searching the scriptures to see more of Christ, more of His love, more of His preciousness. Sound doctrine that you might grow in grace and that you might be a helper of others. You know, if you're a father or a mother, you have responsibility to teach your children, to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's your God-given responsibility. We can also teach our neighbors. We can warn them of the wrath to come. See, the trouble is people don't really believe the book. If we believe that the world was coming to an end and that the wrath of God was going to fall soon, a lot of people would be on their knees crying out to the Lord. They don't believe it because they've been intoxicated by the lust of the world. The world has intoxicated the whole world. Satan has blinded the eyes of them which believe not. That brings us to the next point. We should be looking for the coming of the day of God. Are you looking for the coming of the Lord? Do you expect Him to come? Maybe even today. 2 Peter 3.10 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works thereof shall therein be burned up. Beloved, this is going to be a reality. There's coming a day when God would judge this world in fire. He's going to burn up this world. It's going to be dissolved with a fervent heat. He goes on to say, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? The truth should affect the way we live. It should affect us. Looking for and the hasting into the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. This is going to be a reality. This didn't happen in 70 AD. This is going to happen in the future. This is going to be a reality. This is coming judgment to the world. Oh, beloved. Not a beautiful picture, but it's a reality. The closer you get to the end of your life, the more you realize how serious life is. He goes on to say, Nevertheless, we according to His promise look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. No more unrighteousness. No more sin, Roger. No more devil. In the new heavens and new earth, there will be only righteousness. And we all will be clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It says when He comes, we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And we shall be made like Him. We'll be changed into His image. And we shall see Him for the first time as He is. We'll see His glory. His holiness, His greatness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you be found of Him in peace. How can you be found in peace? Are you in Jesus? Who is our peace? The Prince of Peace. Without spot and blameless. We can't live sinless, but we're trying to, we're trying to live godly and holy, set apart from the world and try to be at peace with God and without spot and blameless in the world. That should be our goal. That should be what we're aiming for. And how do we do this? Having done all to stand, it takes a determination. 
It takes a will of, I'm going to obey God no matter what. Ephesians 6.13 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Yes, it's going to take some effort. It's going to take some self-denial. It's going to say take some saying no to the flesh, no to the world, no to some of your friends. No, I will not follow you into wickedness. And Satan is constantly bringing up things, beloved, to bring us down from our steadfastness. And Jesus said, if you love me, do you love him this morning? Here's the answer. Keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. In other words, obey me. Obey me. If you love me, obey me. Follow me. I hope a few of these things may encourage you to realize the seriousness, beloved, this morning of being a Christian. And putting off. You know, Felix said, Paul, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Paul gave his testimony. There's a lot of people like that. They come so close, but then they back up. But I pray that the Holy Spirit will take these things and burn them into your heart this morning. Burn them into my heart that I realize the seriousness of the hour in which we live. Jesus is coming soon. That trumpet's going to sound soon. The gate of the heaven's going to open. And the angels are coming back with the Lord and that trumpet's going to sound and time should be no more. We're headed toward that day. May we pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for thy word and testimony. Lord, we all sin and come short of the glory of God in so many ways. We thank you that the blood of Christ, your Son, cleanses us from all sin. We thank you, Father, that there's mercy with the Lord. We thank you, Father, for your love and understanding that you deal with us as sons and daughters. And you say, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. And thank you for your drawing power, drawing us to the feet of Jesus, that we might be like Mary to worship Him in spirit and truth. Not be like Martha, so busy doing this and doing that, but not taking time to set at the feet of Jesus. The Lord bless us as we close the service this morning. We thank You for Your Word and testimony. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Does someone have a song in closing?